0: Go right
1: in. All right. Um, I guess we'll get started. Um, people are still coming in. Um, but uh, this is a, a meeting of the planning board to discuss uh, the proposed recording
2: in progress
1: uh, village design guidelines. Um, will be presented by our consultants, Dylan Sussman and Jack Sweeney Taylor from Dodson and Flinker, who've been working uh, on this project for uh, a long while um, and have develop what I think is a really strong um, point for for us to talk about and and get feedback on. Um, This design guideline is meant to sort of advance the vision that was set out in the original Milton Village mixed use, planned use development district. So uh, it it doesn't mean that all homes that are in Milton Village need to suddenly change their design, it's meant to enhance uh, new mixed use development um, in the district. So um, with that, I uh, will let Dylan and Jack Get us started, um, or or chair hall um, to say a few words.
2: Great, I'm sorry, I just got on and it just is seven o'clock, Josh. So, for people who are tuning in, um, you started a little before seven. Do you want to just briefly state what you just said one more time for the residents who are just tuning in?
1: Sure, that was a great practice. Um, um <laughs> so, so this is um meant to be the, the, the sort of public, uh. Final feedback on the proposed Milton Village design guidelines um, that have been prepared over the last several months by Dylan Sussman and Sweeney Taylor uh, from Delta and Flinkert. Uh, these design guidelines are meant to enhance the vision set forth in the Milton Village mixed use plan in development and um, are you know ready for for feedback and for some final review.
3: Right. Um, since we have a pretty small group tonight, um, I thought it would be worthwhile for everybody just to introduce themselves. Um, so I'm, du- I'm Dylan Sussman from Dotson & Flinker. Um, next up, Jack Sweeney-Taylor.
4: Hi, I'm Jack. Yes, as Dylan said. Um, and uh, nice to see some of you from the Planning Board again, and everybody else here.
3: I'm good to have members of the Planning Board introduce themselves.
2: Yes, I was Thank you very much. Um, I'm Meredith Hall, uh, Chair of the Milton Planning Board. And if the other members could introduce themselves, Sean.
1: apologize, I was on mute. I'm Sean Fahey, Member of the Planning Board.
2: Great. Maggie? Maggie Oldfield, Member of the Planning Board. And it looks like Cheryl was able to join us, which is great. Cheryl? Yes,
5: I had a last minute change of plans. Uh, Cheryl Tagai is
2: member of the planning board. And I am not seeing Rich on. Is anyone, is Rich here? I don't believe so. <coughs> okay. And then our staff, Josh. Yeah.
1: Josh Lee, assistant town planner.
2: And Julia? Julia Getman, clerk. Great. Thank you so much. And All thank right. you for being with us, Dylan.
3: Thank you. Um, and then Milton Webinar host and Sean Doyle are both related to public access TV. Um, so, Joan F., you could, if you could introduce yourself, please, that would be great. Um, and if you would turn on your camera while you do that, I'd really appreciate seeing you. I actually am
5: a resident
3: of Quincy. I'm just interested in the project. Okay. What, what drives you me? The
5: time.
3: What makes you interested in the project?
5: Um, real estate in general, architecture. Um, the historical
3: value to the area. Um, That's why I called in. Great. Thanks so much. Um, Mm -hmm. Kate Conlon.
0: Hello, I'm here just to listen. Um, My name is Katie Conlon. I live on Greensdale Road. Former member of the Select
5: Board and the Master Plan Committee. So I'm just interested in your presentation.
3: Um, Franklin Oliveri?
0: Franklin, would you mind
3: introducing yourself? Hi,
6: just a citizen watching from Hollingsworth Road.
3: Great. Um, What what makes you interested in coming tonight, Franklin?
0: Just uses the space
3: in town, and, and I'm kind of excited to see the changes happening. All right, thank you um and george howard if you could introduce yourself though we'd we'd appreciate that
7: hi um uh, my name's george howard as you <laughs> just said it um, and um, i live um, on Hutchison street and so um, very interested to know what's going to be happening um, very near me
3: okay thank you all right um, so I'm gonna start screen sharing, um, let you know what we're gonna do tonight, which is going to be a bit of a presentation introducing the design guidelines and then time for uh, for discussion question and answer and discussion. Okay. Um, so, as Josh said, um, this is the, the second public forum for the Milton Village Design Guidelines Project. Um, the, design, the, the the document of the design guidelines is available on the town website and um, has been for a while for review. Um, and so this is an opportunity to explain what's in there and to get um, feedback on it. Um, so we've done our welcome. And I'm gonna give you a presentation of the design guidelines. It's like a 60 some odd page document. Um, so obviously I'm not gonna cover everything that's in it, but I'm gonna try to give you a sort of a broad overview of of what is in it um, and try not to bore you too much. If you reach the point of saturation, you can't take it anymore, please tell me and we'll move on to the Q&A. Um, so then we have Q&A. I, you know, with this many people, I doubt it will take 40 minutes. Um, but we're here as long as you want to talk. Um, so the goal tonight is to build a shared understanding of of these design guidelines, um, and then to identify any considerations there are for implementing them. Um, you know, if there's any glaring problems with them or anything glaringly missing from them. So. <clears throat> This is um, the design guidelines apply to the Milton Village Mixed Use Planned Use Unit Development Overlay District uh, that was adopted a couple of years ago. Um, it's the area that's high, that's not grayed out in this image. Um, so it runs up Adams Street from Canton Ave to the Boston Line, covers High Street from Canton Ave to Elliott Street, a bit of Elliott Street, um, and then some of the sort of land along Wharf streets and the extra space storage. Um, So the the planned unit development is um, optional. It's something that a a property owner or applicant can opt into. And when they do, then the design guidelines apply to that. Um, So if somebody wants to do mixed-use development in this area, Um, and get the benefits that the zoning provides, then they're subject to design guidelines. Um, If they don't want to take advantage of the special permit, they're not subject to the the design guidelines and any of the areas that you might think of as Milton Village outside of what's shown here are also not um, covered by the design guidelines. So, Like I said, it applies only to applicants for mixed-use planning. Um, mixed use of planned unit development. Um, and the purpose is, is to guide the planning board during special permit review. So, the audience for this obviously is the planning board, the permit applicants, and then also a better than residents. So, they have a sense of what is desired and um, sort of a sense of predictability. Um, the general approach is that there's a set of design principles, overarching, um, cross cutting principles, and then topical principles. And then there are guidelines for assessing how applications, um, how they fulfill those principles or not. And design guidelines came from reviewing past planning for Milton Village, analyzing the existing conditions, um, input from the planning board and public input at the first public forum we did, and then research about design guideline precedents. Um, just a note about design guidelines versus design standards. So the Milton Village mixed PUD zoning, um, when it was adopted, included design standard. Um, and those are things that are, design standards are generally objective. They're often quantitative. They say shall or must. There's a more narrow range of outcomes from design standard than they're binding. Um, so this is something different. This is design guidelines that are flexible and qualitative. They say should or may. There's a broader range of potential outcomes um, and they may or may not be binding. Um, So the the design standards um, relate to the design guidelines in that sometimes the board or an applicant may need more clarity about what a design standard is um, trying to accomplish. And so the design guidelines sort of flesh out the design standards and give examples. Um, or go further on topics that um, there isn't a sort of hard and fast answer as to what the planning board may want in a particular situation, right? They deal with sort of nebulous, um, flexible issues of design where planning board may know generally what it wants, but not the specific um, design outcome. Uh, this is the table of contents. Actually, the first page of two of the table of contents. Um, so the general structure: there's an introduction that talks about what, how it's applicable, the intent, the organization, etc. There's a section, a brief section on historical context um, because it's an important part of Milton Village and what the zoning is trying to accomplish. Um, there are. There's a section that describes cross-cutting design principles from Milton Village, and then a section that talks about the design guidelines. Um, so today we're gonna I'm gonna go through some of the cross-cutting design principles and then give you a brief overview of the design guidelines. Um, so the disclaimer is that this, what I'm gonna describe tonight is not all of the design guidelines. It's simplified, it's exerted. So if you wanna see the whole thing, go to the town website um, and download it and you can read the whole thing. So that the, the language that's used in this presentation is not exactly the same as the language in the design guidelines. Um, it squashes a lot of the detail and the nuance. So the, the cross-cutting design principles are to implement Milton's planning goals and the village vision for Milton Village, right? So it's tying the design guideline back to the really extensive body of planning that's been done for Milton Village. Um, And in particular, the purpose of the Milton Village mixed-use PUD zoning, which is to allow high quality mixed-use development, to enhance the village's historic context and support preservation, to contribute to the revitalization of the business district and encourage investment near transit, to increase the range of housing types um, and to strengthen the town's tax base. Um, So one key aspect of that is that, you know, there's a sort of a vision that was developed by the MPIC and by work by your um, regional planning agency, MAPC, um, prior to the adoption of the zoning. Um, So the design guidelines draw out some of the key themes in that vision, um, which is illustrated from a presentation from the MPEC in the upper right. right. Um, and it, you know, it it tries to answer like, what does high quality mixed use development mean? Or how do you enhance historic contexts? How do you contribute to revitalization, et cetera? Um, the next, the second cross-country design principle is that the design of new development should build off historic precedents in Milton Village and demonstrate continuity with the past while adjusting to current functional needs and building technologies. So the idea there is that um, Milton Village is a historically rich place. The zoning calls for historic preservation, but it also calls for new development. Um, and so the design guidelines are calling for new development that builds off those historic precedents, but doesn't necessarily mimic them. Um, so it, it calls for applicants to look closely at the historic precedents, to develop an understanding of them, and then to demonstrate to the planning board how their project um, basically builds from historic precedents. The third cutting design principle is to use Milton Village's sloping terrain to create a unique sense of place and harmonize different scales of development. So Milton Village slopes kind of in two directions, right? It slopes down from Canton Ave Um, towards the Neponset River, um, or towards Boston. Um, And it also slopes from High Street down towards the Wharf. Um, And that creates some unique challenges and some unique opportunities. So um, the design guidelines tries to to address how you deal with those slopes, both along streets and then between blocks. Um, The fourth design principle to design for pedestrians first, Um, That means that the design should consider how buildings relate to streets, how they shape the public spaces along streets and adjacent to any parks or other open spaces that are public. Um, Also that the design of buildings and sites is is scaled to a human body. Um, Sort of a nebulous term, but if you imagine that that image of like da Vinci's man with his arms and legs spread out, right? There's a sense of proportion that's built into the human body. And when buildings reflect that, people feel comfortable. Um, So that's what this designing for pedestrians first means. The fifth is to use quality design to attract residential and economic growth and make an appealing place to live, work and play. Um, So quality here doesn't necessarily mean that everything has to have the highest end finishes. Um, but it means that there has to be a you know high level of attention paid to the design of sites, um, the relationship between buildings and streets, and buildings themselves. The sixth cross-counting design principle is design for sustainability, so that Milton Village is durable, efficient, resilient, and to minimize harm to the environment. And then the final design, cross counting design principle, is to connect... To open space resources, especially the Nipmuc River, Milton Landing, and the Neponset Trail. <clears throat> so those are the seven sort of overarching um, design principles, and then um, the design guidelines go into particular topics. So building design, the public realm, which is the space between the buildings and open space if it's public, uh, streets and sidewalks, etc vehicular access, landscaping, lighting, signage, sustainability, waterfront and trail connections. The structure of the document, basically, when you get into the design guidelines section, um, so for each, this is an actual page from the document. Um, So for each topic, this is a topic, landscaping, there's an overarching design principle, then if there are any relevant design standards from the zoning, those are um, in this red italics and they're brought into the design guidelines so that it's easy for the applicants and the planning board to see how the guidelines relate to the design standards from the zoning um, then there are subtopics like here plant materials is a subtopic of landscaping there are design principles for those subtopics um, and then the guidelines themselves which get into more detail about. How you achieve those design principles, Um, and then there are you know images that are examples of kinds of things that would either be desired or not desired. Most of them in the document are things that are desired, but if it's not desired, it's clearly indicated as such. Excuse me. Okay, so building design, the overarching. Design principle for building design is new buildings should contribute to Milton Village's unique sense of place by respecting historic precedents, complementing adjacent buildings, and shaping pedestrian-friendly streets. So that's summarizing, you know, a paragraph text. Um, a subtopic of that, sighting of structures. So buildings should line streets and shape public spaces. I've already said that probably four times tonight. It's a pretty key theme. Um, so just a couple examples of design guidelines. Um, Buildings should establish a consistent edge for the public realm by locating building facades close to the sidewalks, right? So saying that we don't want a big grassy lawn between the edge of the sidewalk and the building. We want those buildings to be brought up. um, In other places, the design guidelines talk about having storefront windows and frequent entrances and so on. Uh, It's a a key aspect of a mixed use walkable village center uh, that the buildings are close to the sidewalks. Um, Another design guideline, Idea: If there's more than one street frontage, the building should be placed at the corner facing whole streets. Um, another idea that comes from the design standards and is sort of expanded here is to provide setback buffers adjacent to historic structures. So you can see the image at the bottom is an example from Boston of a you know new building adjacent to historic buildings. Um, a little bit of a horizontal. Uh, setback and also a vertical step back on the upper floors so that the the building sort of reflects the adjacent structure's heights, but then has upper stories that are stepped back from the street. Um, So if you were looking at this building from the uh, sidewalk, you may not see these upper stories. I'm sorry my keyboard isn't working tonight, so I'm having a little issue with my mouse wheel zooming me forward and back. Um, so a 2nd subtopic for building design is architectural context. Um, I already talked about this one. Architecture should build from precedence and not mix, mimic historic styles. Um, so that the building in the upper right is one that at the first public forum, people had a lot of positive response to. Um, it's a building that. You know, looks like older buildings, but also uses some contemporary materials and uses some contemporary windows and contemporary canopy over the doorway. Um, so it's it's both old and new, and it looks like something that could have naturally evolved from historic architectural styles and techniques of the past. Um, subtopic see there building form, height, scale, and mapping. Um, so the design principle of building form and scale should respond to the context and the height should be adjusted according to the slope. So a couple of design guidelines, simple building forms are, are favored over unnecessarily complex designs. Um, so not having a super complicated building because that's for the most part not the way buildings in Milton Village were designed in the past. They were basic boxes that were added onto other basic boxes to build. A building. Um, another couple of design guidelines get into step backs um, on upper stories. So provide a five to ten foot step back above the third story on Adams and Elliott streets and above the second story on High Street. Um, and when you're building a new building that's you know a story or greater than the height of a historic one or two family dwelling. This is adding a little bit of details to stuff that's called out in the the zoning itself and the design standards um, and making it a little little more specific here. Um, And then there are other subtopics dealing with roofs, facades, entrances, and windows. So it talks about which roof forms are preferred, gives some details for mansard roofs because they're often uh, designed um, not so well. says the facades should have some sort of underlying ordering system based on bays. So sort of vertical bays relating often to to structure and windows and doors um, and also horizontal. Horizontal, you have a base, a body, and a cap. which is a typical way that buildings um, have been designed. So you can see the one on the right here. One of the old mill buildings has a pretty clear base, middle, and cap. Um, The design guidelines say that entrances should be prominent and they should face a street um, and that there should be a maximum of 20 feet between doors and front facades, so um, building off the the typical pattern of of storefronts um, in a village center. The design guidelines say that windows should vertically align, that there shouldn't be too many. Sizes and shapes of windows, it shouldn't be a hodgepodge of lots of different sizes and shapes of windows. Um, and it sets a minimum percentage of glazing that the ground floor of a mixed use building should have so that it's um, so that pedestrians can see into it. Um, and that you know this the street remains interesting, visually interesting. Um, the design guidelines get into materials, colors, and surface treatments. Um, We had a really interesting conversation about materials with the planning board. Um, The design standards say state of preference for traditional New England materials like brick, wood, stone, and composite that looks like wood. Um, For the design guidelines, um, they talk more about honesty and durability and authenticity and materials that create texture and shadow lines. Um, So allowing for new materials um, and innovations in building technology, uh, but also trying to get to the the key um, principles of of what makes a material appropriate for Milton Village and what makes a material inappropriate for Milton Village. So very large undifferentiated metal panels, not appropriate for Milton Village, Um, but there may be some other new materials that are. A design principle for decorative elements, they should be used sparingly and have a functional purpose. Um, So, you know, cupolas, cool chimneys, towers, those are all welcome, Um, but they should be functional elements, not just tacked on decorative things. Um, And they should be in scale to the building. Um, Service equipment, obviously, should be integrated into the overall design of the building and not be obtrusive. Okay, so moving on from buildings to the public realm. The overarching design principle for the public realm is that projects should be designed to contribute to a cohesive mixed-use environment that's comfortable and attractive for pedestrians, supports a sense of community, and supports storefront business opportunities. Streetscape design is really important to that. Um, So, the streets and the sidewalks should be lined with continuous enclosure of trees and buildings with active ground floor uses. Um, the building setbacks can vary. They don't all have to line up perfectly along the street, um, and they don't all have to be. Um, they don't all have to be the same, as long as there's a compelling design reason for them to vary, um, and that may vary depending on the use within the building. So, um, if a if a portion of the building has a storefront, the relationship of that to the street may vary compared to if there's a residential use on the first floor. Um, On-street parking should be coordinated with the streetscape so that you can get out of your car without banging your door on a tree or um, some other sign or so on. Um, (laughs) Sidewalks should be continuous and universally accessible and the design guidelines establish the idea of having an edge zone, which is a transitional area between on-street parking um, and the sidewalk, a furnishing zone, which is the place where the trees, the street furniture, maybe bike racks uh, go, a throughway zone, which is where you walk, and then a frontage zone, which is if there's any space left over, space for cafe seating, um, maybe outdoor retail displays and so forth, and the design guidelines establish a hierarchy, basically saying, if you have space for all of this, you know, include it all. If you don't, then the throughway zone is most important. The furnishing zone is next, then the fringe zone, and then the edge zone. Uh, street furniture
0: should be um, coordinated,
3: you know, so that it reflects a consistent theme, um, and should be durable and easy to maintain. There are lots of other design guidelines related to all of this. Just trying to give you an overview of just some some examples. Um, The public realm design guidelines get into accessibility uh, and talk about how it should be integrated into the overall design of the buildings, the sites, and the public spaces. Um, So some examples of design guidelines for that, that is that grading should be coordinated to maximize public accessibility and reduce the need for lifts that can break down or access ramps. So um, this isn't saying that buildings should not have ramps if they need them or lifts if they need them, right? We want sites to be universally accessible. What it's saying is that we want that uh, the design of the site to take accessibility into consideration from the very beginning and try and eliminate lifts and ramps um, and bring buildings down to the sidewalk level if possible. Um, or product provide pedestrian paths that are less steep than ramps, so that the building is more accessible. Uh, so the building at on Central street, the relatively new building, is an example of this where um, the building the, the the street slopes down across the building so it's closer to this side is higher and that side is lower. so there's stairs over here, but there's a a path that basically leads up to an elevated portion of the building that runs along the front. Um, so this building is more accessible than it would be if there was, you know, a, a ramp, meaning something that's, you know, eight percent um, and requiring a handrail. This is a, a lower slope and it provides a at-grade entrance to the building stores. Um, Another design guideline is accessibility considerations shouldn't be limited to just physical mobility. Um, So we have an aging population. Um, Dementia appropriate design is a pretty important topic these days. Um, Design for people with visual limitations is important. People with intellectual limitations is important. Um, So considering all of that design is encouraged, Uh, Also, seeking input and advice from the people who are impacted is encouraged by the design guidelines. Um, So there's a a phrase that's something like, nothing for us without us. um, And the design guidelines encourage that that philosophy. Moving on to walls, fences, and hedges along the lot frontage. The principle here is that they should fulfill a clear design function, such as screening and objectionable element. They should use high quality materials and an appropriate level of enclosure. So when we're talking about enclosure there, it's the the ratio of the width of the sidewalk to the height of the wall. So if the wall gets too tall, a big blank wall, you can feel overbearing for pedestrians or claustrophobic. Um, So, Because there are these slopes in Milton Village, you may have some retaining walls. Um, Avoid them if you can, but where they're necessary, um, they need to be sensitively designed to make sure that the street remains interesting and that sites remain accessible. Moving on to vehicular access. The key idea here is that vehicle parking and access to a site should be designed to minimize negative impacts on pedestrians and the natural environment. Um, so the number and width of driveways should be minimized so that there isn't too much traffic crossing the sidewalk. Uh, so the example there is an inappropriate example of a very wide uh, driveway opening. <coughs> and you can see right into the parking garage um, and actually through the parking garage to a big parking lot in the back of the building. Um, <coughs> Whereas the examples on the bottom are sort of, the garage doors are designed in a way that's consistent with the design of the building overall, um, and the widths are minimized. I think that both of these examples, in some way they're inappropriate for Milton Village. In Milton Village, you would want just one garage entrance for a greater of building. Uh, So this is a townhouse building, which, you know, Garage doors like this might be appropriate on the back or side of a building in Milton Village if you could fit it on your lot, which you probably can't, Um, but they certainly would not be appropriate to have this many garage doors on on Adams Street, for example. Um, The location of service parking lots and entrances to garages should be designed to maintain the continuity of sidewalks, to minimize visibility of parked cars and provide safe access and accommodate flexible uses. Moving on to landscaping. So again, create a human scale environment that enhances a sense of place and assists with environmental needs like stormwater management. Um, So plants should be preferably native species or other plants that can survive with a minimum of irrigation, fertilizer, and herbicides and pesticides. And those plants should offer year-round visual interest. Um, so, this is an example of a, of a bank, um, a garden in front of a bank near our office that provides joy to me on my commute throughout the year. Um, streetscape landscaping, trees and other plants along public streets to reinforce the pattern of public and private spaces and moderate temperatures and winds. Um, and the design guidelines get into requirements for street trees, et cetera. Moving on to parking lot and driveway landscaping. Um, should do the basics like providing shade, visual relief, reducing glare, noise, noise, heat, et cetera. Um, and then we get into site landscaping and buffers. Excuse me. The design guidelines have a section on lighting. Um, and the overall idea here is that lighting should ensure safety make it an attractive nighttime environment um, that light levels should be even throughout an area. You should have a larger number of lower intensity fixtures um, instead of a few very intense fixtures. What that does is it makes the even the lighting more even, it reduces glare and makes it easier for pedestrians to see. Um, building and site lighting should consider the whole site and all the lighting at one time, right, so that both the style of the fixtures is consistent and also um, the overall illumination is is consistent and providing minimal lighting, but adequate lighting. Uh, The lighting section gets into some details about things like color temperature and um, exactly how much lighting is acceptable in different situations. Um, It talks about lamps and fixtures being compatible um, with adjacent buildings, et cetera. I've already talked about that. And talks about hours of operation so that building lights are extinguished when they're not needed. Uh, The signage section, the overall principle is that signs should use design and placement that appeals to the pedestrian while enhancing the overall appearance of the facade. Um, So minimizing the overall number of signs, avoiding clutter and signage, information overload, um, conveying information in creative and highly legible ways like this uh, village hardware hammer over the door, right? It's got this relief sculpture of a hammer. You know that's a hardware store, even if you don't read the village hardware, um, or the sign here, which the, the icon tells you that this is a cafe, and then this sort of decorative iron scroll work fits with the historic building that the sign is mounted to. Um, get just two more topics here, so sustainability. All projects in the district should be designed to reduce environmental impact, enhance public infrastructure while meeting other design goals. Um, so they're designed, their guidelines related to buildings, stormwater management, streetscape. Uh, so the image of this building here is a it's a mixed-use net zero building. Um, so it's very energy efficient, provides affordable housing, and mixed use. Um, it's the kind of thing that these that I think is being called for in Milton Village. Um, <clears throat> in terms of stormwater management, low impact development is encouraged. Uh, so that's preserving natural stormwater functions where possible, um, infiltrating stormwater using things like swales and rain gardens. Uh, and then finally, an element, key element of sustainability is about transportation, right? So Reducing greenhouse gas emissions by encouraging people to walk and bike. And so providing the the infrastructure and the facilities that make people want to walk and bike. um, And also providing things like um, recycling receptacles on the street. um, So that people have an opportunity to recycle. Finally, waterfront and trail connections. Uh, The design principle here is that new development should provide visual and physical access to the waterfront and the pontiff trail where possible. Um, Improvements along the river should consider future flooding based on climate change projections and projects are encouraged to contribute to wayfinding system for Millen Village or just a couple of design guideline ideas that are associated with that. Um, I have a bit of a sore throat and my voice is about to give out, so give me just a sec. All right, so that's the presentation portion for tonight. Um, what I'd like to do now is open it up for any kind of clarifying questions you all might have about what I presented. Um, and I'd like to hold off on any sort of more substantive um, comments or um, or opinions. So if anybody has any questions about what I've presented, um, or about the design guidelines, please um, raise your hands um, using the the little emoji things that are built into Zoom, and we will call on you. Mm-hmm. I see Richard Boilers' uh, hand is up. Yeah, actually,
1: it's more logistics. I didn't. I was. I missed the first couple minutes of the meeting, and I don't know if this was stated up front. Um, there's a number of callers that are just phone numbers. And Zoom users, did did folks get asked to put their names in or did we capture names?
3: Um yeah, that's that's a really great point. If could you pick, yeah. please enter your name um into Zoom instead of
0: um a phone number. <clears throat> so that's we've got six six one seven number.
3: Um six one seven if you're not able to rename yourself i'm I'm able to do that so if you could tell me your name i'll I'll rename you.
0: I'm looking for a name for six one seven something Hi this is Tom Caldwell And if you don't know how to rename yourself, it's
4: the in your where you see your screen. um, There's three little dots on the upper right hand corner. If you hover over it, and if you select that, rename is the bottom or it's one of the choices that you can choose there.
2: Yeah, I'm actually uh, listening on a mobile device right now.
0: That's not giving me that option.
3: All right, Tom. I, I renamed you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. My apologies. No problem. All right, uh, George Howard. Did you have a question?
6: I, um
7: Yeah. Um, I had to step away for a moment, so I apologize if if this question is not uh, has already been answered. Um, I was curious as to whether or not the design guidelines addressed uh, impact on traffic in the area?
3: Uh, The design guidelines don't address impacts on traffic in the area.
7: Mm. Well, my good friend Meredith there will know I'm interested in that, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Josh. Yeah, Yeah, and I think, um, so I guess I'll, explain a little bit the reason for that. Um, it's because the overall sort of intensity of design, which is the driver of traffic is set by the zoning. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the design guidelines are more about what's happening on the site than what's happening off the site. And there are other, you know, special permit provisions that would address traffic impact that are in the zoning already.
7: Thank you very much. There
3: are there any other
0: clarifying questions?
3: All right. Hearing none. Um, does anybody have any comments or opinions or anything else they want to want to weigh in on?
0: Dylan, I can't seem to find a raised hand on that. So yeah, I'm
5: sure. just gonna start speaking. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, having followed the evolution of the guidelines, uh I think uh, you know, they've come a long way. You've picked up on comments from the board and the public. And um I anticipate that we're going to get these ready for a vote of adoption soon. Um, So I just want to thank you, you and the team for your work on this, Um, and I look forward to these being put to use by people in Milton Village.
0: Thanks.
3: Me too. Thank you, Cheryl.
0: Has anybody had a chance to look at the design guidelines, anybody who's not on the board?
2: They are posted on the website for people who are looking under the final draft, so encourage people to do so.
5: Meredith, um, do you have a sense of when this will go to vote? So if anybody had any questions or comments, what time frame they have to get those in?
2: Um, You know, we have not set... That's a great question. Um, It's on our agenda for discussion tomorrow evening, but I wasn't sure how the format that Dylan would be presenting, um, so I didn't know if the full document would be up tonight, Dylan, um, and I I actually, I like the way you've gone through it um, conceptually, but I I think it is important for the town and residents to have a chance to look it over to see if there's things that maybe we haven't thought of that we're missing. Um, But, you know, depending on what the board thinks tomorrow, um, I just want to make sure that people do have a chance to see it, but, you know, I think most of us are very grateful for the work that um, Dotson and Flinker have done, and it's, it's, um, it really has come a long way, and I think it really captures the essence of what the vision is for that, for those, that lower mills, the, um, the Milton Village, um, what it looks like. So hopefully we can do that very soon. If we don't vote on it tomorrow night, maybe then, maybe we defer to the next meeting, but that'll be up for discussion tomorrow evening. I'm just allowing people, residents time to, to take a look. So, uh, Dylan, I I did have just one thing that um, that we've been talking about and thinking about, um, which is along the lines of this in the streetscape and furnishings. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I would defer to you to ask if we wanted to put this in, um, how we would best do it. And what I'm what I'm um, referring to is tree guards um, as something that I think protecting the trees. We're making a huge investment in trees in our town. And um, you actually had some photographs with some iron tree guards, low iron tree guards around the base, um, which is something that would be really great in our uh, business districts to see to really protect the trees from car doors, from dogs, pedestrians. Um, and I know you gave some options for, for how that the trees could be treated, but maybe that could be added to the furnishings list.
3: That makes sense. And that was And, and would, would you all want to be specific about that, or do you just basically want to state the principle that trees should incorporate some method of protection? In other words, would you want to... I wanna...
2: think it would be nice to say should. Um, yeah. You know, they can always come back to us, you know, which I think it's nice about this, um, these design guidelines, is that it, there's opportunity for a developer to come to us and say, for some reason, if it doesn't work, Um, you know, why that would be. But I think that would be helpful. Um,
5: One thing I would suggest with that, if I may, is um, since you're referring to street trees, it would be good to be consistent um, on the street with the method um, that it's protected. So you don't go from one property to the next and have a different method. So it might be something where we make a suggestion, you know, like I think uh the board has done with let's just say the first project that comes in under the guidelines might be the first one that sets the right uh, sets the stage for the next ones right mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, that's just something i I think to be kind to, know.
3: yeah, yeah I mean that that the the issue of streetscape consistency, I think it's come up in these meetings before where um. You know, in the it's not really part of this, it'd be a good follow-up project to define what the, the streetscape palette is for Milton Village. So, you know, if there's a preferred bench, what's that preferred bench? It seems like there's a preferred light standard. So, you know, getting that down on paper. Um, tree guards could fit in that, trash receptacles and so on, so that an applicant just knows what it is you guys want. Um, if it's going in in the, in the public realm.
5: Absolutely. So. so, Dylan, if you, is that possible for you to follow up with uh, perhaps an email to um, Tim about what that would entail, just so we know um, what the services would be and what the budget for
2: that would be? I do think it's a good follow up. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And I, I have had a con- conversation with, um, with Chase with the DVW um, to maybe do an initial. Um, do a few, maybe start in East Milton Square, you know, since those are all going to be newly planted. There's new, there are new um, trees that have been planted down in the village as well recently, just last fall. Um, So there are, to be consistent, um, maybe the DPW could start off and and sort of lead by example. Businesses may want to adopt, you know, current existing businesses may want to um, sort of adopt and, and sponsor a tree guard for out front of their storefront. So, um, but I agree, you know, just to not have it too, that it's not random, that maybe we look but, at that. So,
5: Meredith, if I can make a pitch for the design professional versus the engineer on something like this. Oh, yes, no, no, no. We want to be. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Yeah. You know, from a design perspective, it would be nice to have a, you know, design team, but that's, consultants yeah. or the planning department, you know, work with uh, DPW on what it actually
2: is, the specification. And Chase was very open to that, too. So that's great. Thank you. Um, I did have one other thing, Dylan, which, you know, the, the board can think about, too. You know, when I see, you know, a renovation of a building, and I'll just use fence, for example, and they put in just a single pane of glass without divided lights. I, I think I'm very sensitive to this, but when they, you know, when we're doing some, especially in a historic area like the Milton village, I would, you have um, may use divided lights. I think may was the word. Um, I would actually like to see that should, um, you know, I, I think of some of those buildings that that should have divided lights, that it really, um, it's a missed opportunity for some buildings who, who do renovations to, in a historic area, and also to have sort of a consistent, um, a consistent um, cohesiveness, I would say, to the to the district. So, okay. I think so one would- thing
5: I would add to that, um, Bill, you talked about some of the existing buildings being um, simple, like boxes, but historically, what makes those buildings have a lot of interest? Um is the windows right, right? And the detail with the windows yeah. and so when they' replaced with simple windows, the buildings lose some of their character right yeah so right. definitely in the historic buildings that get renovated they should should be subdivided and I agree with uh, Meredith that that is something that's um, could be a nice tie across new construction to historic construction.
3: Yes, thank you. So, Cheryl, are you? You're, I think I hear you saying that that should be added to, um, to. Right now, it's referred to in the his in his historic renovations, but I think I'm hearing you say add that to new construction as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys have a sense of like how? how big a pane of glass can be and (laughs) be acceptable.
5: I'd rather not be that specific one. Yeah. I'd I'd rather just set out the principle and then once we review it, we'll get a sense like
3: with the overall design, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So something like basically there shouldn't be large undifferentiated panes of glass that are inconsistent with historic precedents in Milton Village.
5: Right. I mean, that's really going to tie back to the openings, right? So, yep. like the opening should be, you know, somewhat the scale should be somewhat representative of the scale that you might find there already. So you wouldn't want something that's over scale, right? And, yep. and therefore, it's going to need lots and lots of volumes just to break down all the glass. I mean, that would first of all, you want the opening to be the right proportion and, and size, and then within mm-hmm. that,
2: break it down. Yep. Okay. And I think George might have his hand up again, unless yep. that's from before. Sorry.
7: Hi, um, me again. <laughs> um just just quickly, is there a vertical height limit in the in the guidelines?
3: Um there's a vertical height limit in the zoning.
7: In the zoning. Okay. So we're back to the zoning again.
3: Okay, great. Yeah. Um If you'd like, I think I have a slide. Yes, I do. Um, Here we go. Screen. Can you all see the um, PowerPoint? Yeah. Great, sorry. Ah, come on. Zoom is acting up on me. I see all of you and I can't see my own screen.
0: There we go. Um,
3: okay, there we go. So um, the the underlying zoning is the business districts. So <laughs> in the underlying zoning, you can have a three-story building or a five-story building by special permit with 45 feet of height or 65 by special permit. If you go through the mixed use overlay district. It's three stories at 37 feet, with a bonus in some situations, of up to four stories or 48 feet.
7: That's 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 great. Uh, sorry to have to rehash things, but uh, we've just recently visited a very nice little village that was ruined by a, a massive structure in the middle of it. <laughs> so, so that was actually uh, a concern of ours. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Yeah, like I said, there's. There's been a there was a lot of planning that was done before the zoning was adopted, um, and a lot of really detailed looking at the, not by us by by your town and by your volunteers, um, looking really in detail at Milton Village and figuring out what heights are appropriate and how that would work for different developments and what would make things feasible and attractive. Um, So, luckily, we didn't have to do that for the design guidelines because it was already done.
7: Thanks for us again.
0: Um, Any other
3: comments from the board?
2: I had just one other Dylan, which I I, it is in in here, but I I just don't know. I want to make sure that we're. Being clear um, with this, and it's with regards to retaining walls, because I think because of just the sloping nature, it's there's going to be a tendency for you know builders to want to use retaining walls. That we're really clear on the materials. That we're looking for something that um, I know you mentioned in one place um, either round stone or a stone fa- stone facade. But that we're we're just making it clear. We just don't want to see cinder block, you know concrete, block, you know, retaining walls. If mm. I would add that
5: I would discourage VersaLock or comparable kinds of retaining walls. Yeah. Um, I just don't think they're right for this kind of application. Exactly. Concrete, concrete faced with stone, um, those are going to be durable. Thick enough stone, so not just like glued on stone. Real yeah, they, stone rather than synthetic stone. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is an area where it'll, it can look bad fast. But right. It's not done properly.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Happy to revisit that
0: section and add that. Okay um any any other comments or questions So for members
3: of the public um did what you heard tonight make sense? Did it sound like what you want for Milton Village? Feel free to unmute yourself and speak up.
4: Yes, thank you for your presentation.
6: Thank you, Franklin. I think the, uh, this is Margaret Sheldon speaking. I think this is the first time I've actually tuned in to what's happening. And I appreciate the uh, thoroughness of the presentation. A couple of things jumped out at me. One was when you were talking about the articulation of the facades along I think it was specific to Adam Street, and you made a reference to it being, you know, historically block, plain block upon block. And I just, the thing I think I felt was missing was some sort of nod to the fact that those brick facades, what makes them so beautiful is the articulation of some of those materials. And by not stating the importance of... I mean, there are a couple of places where I would I would have liked the aesthetic to have been. I know I know that we won't know what we accept or don't accept until we see it, but I think maybe an emphasis on uh, the, the fact that there is detailing, yeah. even you know, on the lentils, on the on the columns, on the, the, it's throughout a lot of even the very oldest of buildings down there. So I I'm just I don't know if that was. And you know, an omission by design or just oversight. But to me, that would be something that would be important. And the other thing, while you spoke about the consistency of the storefronts along the sidewalk, I do have this dread of what we saw happen with the apartment building on Elliott Street and also the new physical therapy building. Um, going into East Milton square where those facades are brought out as very far as they can be to the point where it creates a wall, you know, there, there isn't an articulation of those spaces. So uh, I was just looking for something that might talk about that. If that's a zoning issue, I understand, but I think it would be a shame to repeat the same mistakes just because we didn't highlight that we were all aware of them.
3: Right. Yeah, so the the zoning um, on the on the latter point, the zoning includes a requirement that if there's less than a certain width of sidewalk, yeah. um, then the building has to be set back a certain distance. Um, so I think that addresses that concern. Um, board, you feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, or if you disagree. Um, and in, in detail, that is, I didn't mention it tonight, but it is mentioned in the design guidelines. Um and I, I guess I, I it talks about things like creating shadow lines um, and creating you know overall pattern of entrance interest from the large to small details. I would I think it says those things. Um and I, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's what Cheryl is referring to earlier. These, you know, these relatively simple buildings overall, but then they're richly detailed. Um,
5: yeah, I'll just make one comment on the Milton um, Hill House. I think the one on Elliott Street, maybe 50 Elliott. I think there's there might be one entrance facing Elliott. And um, I remember when that actually went through the ZBA, but the Planning Board did provide comments. And one of my comments was there should at least be one entrance on Elliott Street. And so they did add one. But our guidelines and our zoning standards require those uh, entrances uh, to be on the street. So um, that was very specific. And then, um, you know, one of the challenges is that when you have parking behind, so that you have that on the Elliott Street and you have that on the... um, You know the uh, Elliott Physical Therapy on Adam Street in in uh, East Milton. The parking's in the back, so the um, challenge is, you know, most of the time people will park there and then they'll use the rear entrance from the parking lot. So it's it's providing something in the design that um, animates the that facade and that ground floor from the street. Um, Milton Village, you know, between um, Adam Street and uh, High Street has such a change of grade. That you're not likely to have some of that challenge unless you come in from parking at the back at a higher level. But the requirement still is activation at the street, and that's in the zoning.
3: Yeah, I hope that helps and doesn't confuse. Right, and then there's a design guideline that encourages does you know encourages the applicants to do everything they can to encourage people to walk to the front of the building and not not drive into the back and never come out to the street.
1: Uh excuse me just for our records could we uh, uh could Margaret Sheldon please uh share your address uh just for for minute taking.
6: Sure, do you want me to type that in or just tell you?
1: Uh, um, the <laughs> meeting's being recorded so you can just
6: tell us. Uh Yeah, it's 213
1: School Street. Thank you,
6: Margaret. Sorry.
3: You will. You're welcome. Josh, do you need anybody else's addresses at this point?
1: I think we got most everyone in the introductory comments that they made.
0: Okay, great.
3: Um, Was there anything I mentioned that seemed just blatantly wrong? not applicable to Milton Village or um, infeasible. Okay that's good to know.
5: I may tell on that but let's let's hope they're not infeasible.
3: Yeah
1: It, it may go without saying you might have already said it but just in case we didn't. Um, there's probably folks watching on TV, so you're only getting a little like sliver of the town. And so the questions that you're asking, I think it'd be good to, for us to just, I'm, I guess I'm stating it now, to, to, to send their comments in.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and so they can send their comments to the board? And what's the process for that?
5: The planning department, I would say. Tim's here. Excuse me,
3: Arthur Josh. Or or myself,
1: we will uh, receive and uh, collate responses.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and what I thought Richard was going to say, so I'll reiterate it, is that we're only talking about Milton Village and we're only talking about projects that choose to apply for the mixed use POD special permit. So it doesn't apply to. Applies just to a small area and to.
1: to I guess you might have gotten a lot of questions from other parts of town. Good point,
3: Um, Sean. You have your hand up.
4: Thanks, Don. Just a a suggestion in terms of how the board handles um, what Cheryl had brought up earlier in terms of voting on this um, guideline. I think, given that this is really the last presentation for the public, we should allot a period of time for people to respond. And if they have something that they'd like to comment on to a planning department, give the planning department a chance to receive it, provide it to the planning board. So, you know, it's it's something that we're going to adopt as a guideline. And if we're, if we're going to vote to do so, I think uh, allowing, um, and I'd ask Meredith for her thoughts and consideration on this, but allowing the residents, you know, some time. To make their comments i don't know what's fair and reasonable but uh if this is established as a guideline that we're we're going to uh, implement um and it's summer and you know how many people are there's probably a limited number of people engaged tonight but it was advertised in the paper so people should be aware that this was happening on the 24th and it's it's available on the town website so meredith i'd leave it to your discretion if we give people two weeks or three weeks or four weeks and at that point hopefully we've given sufficient time for people to comment and we should feel comfortable as a board and as a town that uh, if we allot that period of time that um, would be fair uh, to uh, to engage the residents
2: I, I completely agree we want to make sure that that everyone has a chance to review this and if there's any extra comments um, that we have time to, to get those um, Looked at. Um, But we'll have that on the agenda. It is on the agenda for discussion for tomorrow. So, absolutely, we want to make sure that happens.
3: All right. Um, I feel like um, I just, I'm going to ask for any last comments or questions. There are any. Feel free to speak up. All right, I think that we've exhausted our discussion of the Milton Village design guidelines. Um, so I want to thank you all for joining us. Um, it sounds like the board is going to discuss this at their meeting tomorrow night. Yes, members of the public are encouraged to send to review the document which is on the town website. if you're in the meeting, I shared in the chat the link to that. Um, and please send comments to Tim or Josh Lee in the planning department. You can find their contact information on the town website. Great. So thank you all for spending this Thursday evening. With thank us.
1: you.
4: Thank you, Dylan.
2: Thank you, Dylan, so much for, for everything and Jack as well. Thank you.
4: Thank you guys. Thank
2: you guys. Okay. So, Meredith, do you need a motion to adjourn? Why don't we just go ahead and do that just to be safe? Yes. If I could entertain a motion. Uh, I'll make a motion to adjourn. And is I, there a second? second. I'll Rich? second it. Second. All in favor? The Rich? Yes. Sean? Yes. Cheryl? Yes. And Maggie? Yes. And myself, yes. Thank you all for coming and for all who participated tonight. Good night.
0: Thanks, everyone. Have a great night.